name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Morning once again, everyone. We are back to leveling up again, and it's been great. Actually, we want to kind of remind ourselves what level up means, because maybe some people are joining for the first time. When you hear level up, I didn't know what it meant until someone told me. It means really time to go higher. So we can, time to go to a higher level so we can be a bigger part of change around us. You know, it's so easy to let somebody else do it, right? It's so easy to let somebody else be the leader. And last week we talked about courage, how to have courage to lead. And that could be leading in our home, right? Some of us are not really doing anything in our home. We're kind of lazy or letting some passive. Maybe at work we don't want more responsibility, so we back off. Maybe in the church we haven't really stepped up and leveled up in, in, in that sense as well. So I want you to put it in your own context today. You know, we were talking about, as, as you can see, this whole idea of leveling up is going to a higher level. And I don't know if you noticed, but this is Super Mario Brothers. You saw, like, the whole, the whole gaming. And when I was a kid, and I don't know if you remember this, I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, this was the best game ever, Super Mario Brothers. And I remember the first time I played it on level one, go to school, everyone talk about how level one was great. You get, like, that... You know, like that flower, and you get the power, and then there's an, a star, you get invincible. You guys look like you don't know about Super Mario Brothers. Anyways, I have to play it with you one time. It's really fun. You can come over, we'll play Super Mario Brothers. But anyways, we go back to school, and we find out somebody made it to level two. And then I would go back, and somebody made it to level four. And then level eight. And then they killed the dragon and won the whole game. And I'm still at level one. This is a true story. I remember this. I'm like, how did you get to level eight and kill the dragon? How did you do that? So they start telling me different tips and tricks and shortcuts. And I started to learn. I started to go to level two, level three. Finally made it to level eight, killed the dragon. Everyone give me a big clap. I killed the dragon. I won the game. Come on. All right. But the whole point of it is I needed someone to help me get there. And that's what leadership is. Every one of us, no matter who you are, needs help from somebody else to go from here to here. And if you're here, you need someone to help you get to here. That's leveling up. That same game, I, Josiah and me play, played together, and I'm teaching him all the tips and tricks. So let me think, let's look through that for a second. That's what I want to talk about today, right? That's exactly what I want to talk about today is the need to level up coaching. You're probably thinking, coaching? I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> what do you mean coaching? It's the art of listening and learning from others. The art of listening and learning from others. I wouldn't be able to get to that eighth level and kill the dragon unless I can get coaching and guidance from somebody else. The same as I do for Josiah. Josiah's like, how did you get to level four? How did you get to level? I showed him some tips and tricks, and he got higher and higher in the level. And that's what I want. We want to level up in courage, which was last week. Today, coaching. Now, coaching has two ways. Us being coached and eventually us coaching others. But I'm going to spend most of the time today on being coached at the end really briefly about how we should be coaching others as well. And coaching I know is a big word, but really, if you want to be coached, it's really the art of listening and learning from others. And by the way, I find that very hard, listening and learning from others. Some of us find it very difficult to listen to others, learn from others, sometimes be guided by others. But here, let's, let's look at what the book of Proverbs says about it, a wise man will hear and increase learning. 
A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. That's it. We all need to be coached. We all need to be guided. If you want to be wise, you hear and you listen from others. You can't do this alone. You can't level up in your life. You can't go higher and higher and higher in your life unless people are guiding you and helping you get there. That's just, and by the way, others around you, just keep thinking about this, your kids, people around you, maybe at work or maybe in the church, we need to coach them as well. There's a lot of people outside this room and upstairs that need a lot of coaching and guidance, and God is expecting that from us. But first, we need to get this, we need to figure this out because sometimes we like to live an isolated life, right? I'm on my own, by myself, you go do your life and let me do my life, let me be... That's not the way it works. We need to grow and level up when it comes to coaching. To seek wise counsel, like the the book of Proverbs says, to seek wise counsel, to hear and increase learning. We have this false belief, and maybe you check yourself as I check myself. We have this false belief. You never say it out loud, this false belief, but we'll say it internally. We, we, We know it all. We know it all. If a subject comes up and someone is talking about the subject, let's say we brought up the NBA Finals, which is going on right now. I'm sure some of you would tell me your ex- ex- expertise on who's going to win and why they should win and who's the best and whatever, and I'm going to give you my expertise. And it might not be the same, but we're not going to listen to each other. We're experts on the subject. Think about it any, any part of your life. When you go to work, who's the expert at your work? It's you guys, right? And I think, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but I just want to say, let's be careful to let our heart say, I know this very well. I know, like I'll give you another example. I've been married for 16 years. I could say, I got it all figured out. 16 years, I'm doing pretty good, right? Doing pretty good, I made it through 16. But I know people that made it to 25 years and got divorced. So 16 years doesn't mean I have to be stagnant and to be idle and not to learn anything else. I don't care if you're married for 16 years or 15 years or one year or you're engaged or whatever it is, we can always learn and listen and grow one level higher. And some of you are like, I already know everything about my spouse. There's nothing else to learn. I already know how to make it successful. I'm doing it. Hey, if you're right here and this is a good level, you can always go to another level. And that's the thing about this coaching today. Don't have a false belief that I know, I know it already. I'm doing it well. If you're doing it well, you can do it more well. Even at work, I think that's, work is a place where we say like, let me just do my job, man. Let me just do my job. Don't interfere with my work. But if someone were to come and tell you some advice on how to do your work better, do you think you would listen? Think about that for a second. Do you think you would listen? I don't know. I'm not sure, but we need to level up being coached, being coached. I'm going to try to coach you the next, I only got 30 minutes left. I'm going to try to coach you. I'm going to share some of my experiences. I'm going to try to give you whatever I have in these 30 minutes, but I want you to go and take it on your own. And here's the, here's the pitfall. And I, I, I would just start with it like, you know, a few weeks ago, I think it's almost been a month now, we were driving to Atlanta and... Um, it's a long road. You got to go down. For us from here, we go like 81 South and 77 and 85 and 285. There's a lot of long, big highways. So I found the cruise control button 
on the car. And, and to be honest with you, being in Zambia for 15 years, I've never, I haven't used the cruise control button in a long time. I forgot even how to use it. I was trying to figure it out. But anyways, I realized something about the cruise control. Here's two things I learned about the cruise control. If you put the cruise control too long, you get sleepy while driving. You guys got that one? It happened to me. I was just like, and Dali's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. But honestly, the cruise control can make you a little bit sleepy. The second thing, and I don't know if you have one of these on your cruise control, but the cruise control, when you're using it, if you get too close to a car, it slows down. Is that a new thing? Because I never had that before. <laughs> Usually when you're on cruise control, you're going to crash into somebody. But the new one on this seat, as you get closer to the car, it actually slows down. It, it keeps a certain distance. I thought that was great. But anyway, so, so two things I learned about cruise control. Make you sleepy, and it can slow you down. If we in life do that in our work, our marriages, our parenting, at church, if we get into cruise control, yeah, this is the way I do it, you're going to get sleepy, you're going to slow down in life, you're not going to grow. We want to keep growing. Don't be satisfied. Don't be sat Wherever you are, you can be greater, right? Whatever leadership you have as a parent, as at work, in the church, in whatever way you are, if you're a boss, you can be on cruise control. You can just say, let me just do the same thing as I've been doing all these years. Don't do that. Every part of your life, think about how you can level up. But we need coaching. We need to listen and learn. Always be one of those people that are listening and learning. Be a sponge, always. If you're older, if you're young, it doesn't matter. Always get coaching and guidance. I'm going I'm to give you more details as we go through. But I want to say something about this coaching. We can go further and faster with someone coaching me than I can on my own. You can go greater distance and even faster if someone is guiding you and coaching you and we're listening. You know this example because Abuna Anthony mentions this one a, a billion times, but I got to mention this example as well. Greatest basketball player ever to live is Michael Jordan. And you know he didn't win any championship. He, didn't have, he had six rings, but he didn't get any of them. He didn't win any titles or championships until he had a different what? Different coach. He had a different coach who was good enough to guide him not to be a one he won on five player. He used to take the ball and just score on everybody how to be a team player, how to get your team involved. And he ended up winning six championships, which is one of the best out there. We all need coaches. The best, if you're the best in the world, and they call him the GOAT. You know what a GOAT is, right? The greatest of all time, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. He's the GOAT of basketball. He's the greatest of all time, but he needed a coach. So I can't, and, and, and Josiah's funny at home. He said, Dad, you're the goat priest. But I said, well, Abuna Anthony, I don't think would like that too much. And Abuna Timothy's there too. And, he would, and then we see, like, we always put the goat, greatest of all time, next to whatever. But I'm, even if you're the goat at your job or parenting or marriage, you're the goat. You're the best of all time. You can still get better. This, this guy got better. Michael Jordan got better. So it doesn't matter how great you think you are. You can always grow and get better. So think about that in your own context. And to be honest with you, I remember um, when I went to Africa and in Zambia, I had someone who pushed me to my limits, his Grace Bishop Paul. His Grace Bishop Paul would never leave you at your level. That's one of the good things about him. If you're at this level, 
He's going to push you and fight to get to this level. And if you're there, you can't be comfortable. Every time I thought I, I made it, I did what he wanted, I finally got to this, and I did this, I would try to relax. He comes every three months to Zambia. That's how it used to be. So every three months, he would come for a visit. I'd say, Santa, look, look what's happening here. Look here. We did this. We did this with the school, and we did this. And we, he's like, take you here. I take you here. And for honestly, almost 14 years, whenever I saw him, I don't know if he ever said, good job, or I don't know if he ever, he never let me feel, he inspired me, but he never let me stay still. That makes any sense. He never left me where I was. And he would say, okay, now we're going to this place in the village, and this place in Congo, and this place in Nigeria, and this place in Tanzania, and this place in Kenya, and, this, and he would take me all over. And he would make me share, and he would like, make me teach, and he'd make me dig into the scriptures like I've never dug into the Bible before in my life. He honestly was that coach for 14 years. And at times, I, I didn't want him to coach me anymore. <laughs> That's but I knew that I needed it. I knew that I needed, I needed to keep growing. I, I couldn't be just content where I was. But a coach should not wear many hats, okay? I want to say something about this briefly. A coach is not a counselor. It's not someone who's just, you're going to dump all your, 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 your trials from the past. That, there's other people who can be counselors, okay? So counselor is important, but it's not a counselor. It's not someone who is going to operate in the past, but it's going to operate how to get you to the future. It's going to look at you where you are today, how you're doing, and try to get you to the next step. That's what a good coach will do. So it's not really someone you go and dump all your problems. Look, there's a need for counselors, but that's not what a coach is. A coach is not a consultant. You know what a consultant does? A consultant goes in for a short period of time. You need to fix this, change this, do this. And if you do that, you'll be fine. And then the consultant leaves, and then you're on your own. A coach is not like that. A coach is invested in your life, sees you, walks with you, and is helping you take the next step. In the back of your mind right now, you're saying, who's going to be my coach? What, what kind of coach? And hold that thought. I'm going to try to get there. A coach doesn't, has, shouldn't wear many hats, but one hat they will probably be is like a mentor, right? Someone maybe older, more experienced, maybe more experienced in marriage or parenting or at your work or in your life, at church, could be. But not one that's going to go in and out of your life. It's going to be invested in you. It's going to, like, knows you, loves you, invested in you, and honest with you. That's the kind of coach we need. So a coach is not really a counselor or consultant, but a mentor who is proactive in your life and has your best interests in mind. Don't you all want one of those? Take you to a next step has your best interests in mind, can help you become better and grow you to the next stage. But there's a big challenge to having a coach. The biggest challenge to having a coach is, say it all together. No, that wasn't loud enough. The biggest challenge to having a coach is me. I'm the biggest challenge. Not me, but you say me for yourself. Not me. I'm not your, I hope I'm not your biggest challenge, but you guys have, each one of us has a challenge. You say, well, I don't want to be corrected. Oh, it's a waste of time. I have to find someone to, to, to coach me. It's a waste of time. What are they going to tell me? The question we need to ask ourselves is these two questions. Am I teachable and am I coachable? Answer to yourself right now those two questions. Are you teachable and are you coachable? If you're in, into hymnology, are you coachable and teachable? If you know the scriptures and you're really spiritual, 
Are you teachable? At home, you're a parent, you have kids, whatever. Are you teachable? In your marriage, are you teachable and coachable? Or that's it. At work, that's a hard one because at work we're kind of like, don't even talk to me, right? At work, are you teachable and are you coachable? The biggest challenge to having a coach is really us not wanting advice, not wanting to listen, not wanting to, maybe even not wanting, this is a hard one, maybe not even wanting to go to another level. Like maybe we're satisfied. Hey, I'm okay. My life is fine. But to be honest with you, great leaders, which is what we're, we're aiming for, are great learners. Always be learning, guys. If you know, if you're an expert on a subject, keep reading, keep learning, keep growing. I know one thing from the beginning of our marriage, from year one, we would read marriage books and share together and try to improve our own marriage. Year two, same thing. Year three, up to now, we're still, there's another book we're reading now called A Lifelong Love. I'm not sure if you, if you read that. You're, we're going to break out, we're going to have marriage groups soon with that, that book. It's a great book about how to grow and get better at our marriages. You can learn more. You can learn more. You can be a great leader, but you're going to have, have to have an attitude of learning and listening. This is what it means to be coached. Now, here's the problem. If you're young, we think that we are... Here's the problem. There's two problems. When you're young, you're trying to prove yourself. I'm going to share a story about that later on. When you're young, you're trying to prove yourself. I'm going to show how good I am and so-and-so. When you're older, you say what? I have nothing left to prove. Look what I've done. Come on. Look at my resume. Look at my history. Look at my experience. There's nothing left to do. So if you're younger or older in this room today, you still can grow and go to another level. You in this room today, in this church today, can go to another level. If you're at a low level, you can go one step up. If you're at a high level, whatever you are in your, in your life, you can still go higher. Don't be satisfied where you are. I'm going to give you an example in the Bible that may, it's about a king who wouldn't listen. And I'm going to tell you the story. Now, I'm going to start by telling you about King Solomon. I'm not, and the story is not about King Solomon. But King Solomon, the wisest in the world, himself, so wise, the way he lived wasn't so wise, right? He had a lot of problems. But he had a son named Rehoboam. You ever heard of that before? He had a son called Rehoboam. This is the king I want to talk about. So King Solomon, that's for another day. Rehoboam. Rehoboam, you got to see what happened with Rehoboam. Okay, here's what's happening. So King Solomon, is, it's time for him to go, and his son should take over. And here in 1 Kings 12, 4-5 is, the people are requesting something from King Rehoboam. The people are asking something from the king. This is what they ask. Your father, King Solomon, made our yoke heavy. Now therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us, and we will serve you. So he said to them, depart for three days, then come back to me, and the people departed. So King Rehoboam said, okay, I know my father wasn't, he did some mistakes. Leave me for three days, and let me think about what I can do to become better. So what did he do? Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders. Is that good or bad? It's good, right? It's really good. Who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived, and he said, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to those, 
to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. Hey, elders, tell me what to do. Here's what you do. Speak good to them, and they'll be your servants forever. What did King Rehoboam do? Let's see. Verse 8. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him who stood before him. Instead of listening to the elders, he went to a couple of kids, listened to them, and it, it destroyed the kingdom. The kingdom split, and it's been disaster. It became a disaster ever since. It was going well. He consulted with the elders. Did he listen to the elders? No. Do we? Do we listen to, to people around us? Do we listen and learn, or do we have our own thing going on up here? I want, this is where I want to tell you the story about <clears throat> an embarrassing story for me in Zambia. Embarrassing story. I was a new priest trying to prove myself, like I said, when you're young, try to prove yourself. When you're old, you say, I got it already figured out. So anyways, I'm a new priest in Zambia, and the mission starts growing and growing and growing. Then we had this place called Samfia. Samfia is a city about 15, 17-hour drive away. And I wanted to prove myself that I can open a new church plant in that area because people have been, some of our members, they moved there from Lusaka, the main city, to Samfia, which is like the northeast of, of Zambia. So um, I think Dahlia is going to remember the story. So anyways, I'm there, you know, Father Mark, me, and... Um, others were trying to um, prepare ourselves for this mission trip to go there and plant a new church. The elders of the church, who've been there longer than me, came to me and said, don't go. They said, don't go there. It's not the right time. And I said, no, I'm going. People need me. I need to open a church. And they said, no, it's not the right time. It's not safe right now, and we can do it later. Let's spend more time praying about it. I said, I already prayed. And God's saying to go, which that wasn't honest. And I went with Father Mark and some of the missionaries. Even we took a missionary from Canada. I'll never forget this. And after a long 15-hour, I think it was an 18-hour journey, about 15 hours into it, as we're driving fast, the tire pops. And our car flips three times. And the missionary from Canada flew through the window. So... I know, you're probably shocked. She was okay. Actually, she didn't have really anything on her. She was 100% okay. God saved her. God saved all of her. I mean, I had a big scratch here and it looked like a monster, like a, you know. But anyways, that's another story. So that's a, and, and then, guess who I had to call to come pick me up? Those same elders. Got on the phone, most embarrassing call ever. Um, We got into a car accident, the car flipped three times, the car is destroyed, can you come pick us up? And bring medical equipment to fix us up to. And um, they came and picked us up. They looked at me, I looked at them. I was embarrassed. The whole way back, I realized I failed in one main thing. I wasn't willing to listen. I wasn't willing to learn. I thought when you put on this black robe, you give all the orders. No. It's time to listen. Time to learn. Time to learn what it means to be a servant. Look, guys, I told you my story that it's embarrassing, but I'm sure you have them too. How many times you could have listened or learned or let someone teach you or go to a higher level. I want you to keep going to a higher level. 
The reason I told you the story is not to, to be shocked by it, but to learn that we're here and others can get us here. By yourself, you're not going anywhere. That's what a church is. It's a body. It's working together. We need each other. That's why I'm so happy for Leesburg. We need each other. But we're not going to go here or here in marriage, parenting, work, church, anything in your life, whatever you want in life. You're not going to a higher level unless someone is there to take you higher. Again, we've got to go back to the Proverbs. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail. I know about that one. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. You have a lot of plans in life. You have a lot of dreams in life. They will fail. Listen to others. The greatest leader puts smart people around them, spiritual people around them, and is willing to listen to anybody. That's a great leader, by the way. A bad leader is, I'm on my own, and this this is what I'm going to do here. This one. A great leader puts a lot pe- smarter and better people around them. You know, people can't do that. They'll feel intimidated. Oh, this one is better than me in this. This one is better than me in this. this. That's the point. Put people better than you around you. That's actually a good thing. So you can get better. So you can grow. I know that's not the way. You always want to put some people, some leaders try to put people who are just below them, that you can, you know, you're just above them. So you can tell them what to do. I understand that. But a great coach or a great person who wants to go another level will get great counsel. Now, what can a coach really do for me? I mean, this is probably what you're like, is this a real thing? Is this like fiction? Is this true? Is, what can a coach really do for me? So I want to give you some different points. But before I give you these points, I want to talk about a great coach. His name is John Wooden, coach of college basketball many years ago. Coach John Wooden said, a good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. So that means there might be somebody out there that can really take you to another level in your life, to change your life. There's a coach out there, and you can do the same for somebody else. John Wooden was very successful. Do you know how many championships he won at UCLA? Ten. Can you believe that? Ten college basketball championships in 12 years and seven in a row. That's never been heard of or done or ever be done again. Ten and 12 years? Do you know what people said about him? Not what he did on the court that changed them is what he did off the court. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest basketball he would say, he had a great interest in my life. Oscar Robertson was also. And, and all these great basketball players who went, through the, who went through with him, they talked about John Wooden off the court, how he loved them and cared for them and took them higher off the court as a person, not just on the court. A good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. Maybe we're missing those great coaches in our life. Maybe you're missing a chance to impact somebody else's life. A good coach will actually observe me, observe us. It's someone in your life that's around you enough to know you. It's someone in your life that's able to be honest with you. It could be at home, it could be at work, it could be at church, it could be outside in the community. But someone who sees your life regularly, that's going to be a good coach for you. Someone who observes you, not just observes you, but instructs you. This is the hard part for us. We don't want to be instructed. But 
if a coach is invested in you and loves you, he's going to see your life. He's going to instruct you and guide you to take you to another level. And actually, if we look carefully here in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. Tell you guys, you want to grow in wisdom? You want to grow in your life? You want to level up? Need someone to instruct you. Need someone to observe you. And need someone to finally inspire you. We need that from time to time when we're down. Isn't that true? Like we, and by the way, everything I'm saying about what we need is what we need to give. Okay? But you need a coach that inspires you. Here's what a good coach will do. A good coach will give you the mental image of how you can go higher. Like it's not a good coach to just come and say, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, and just do it better. That's not a good coach. A good coach is like, hey, you're right here, you're doing a good job here, but imagine over here, imagine how marriage would look like here, imagine what your children would look like here, imagine what work would be like, I hate, I hate work, I hate work. Well, you don't have to hate work. Here's how, so it's someone who can make you see and inspire you to see the, the image of what you can be, inspire you to achieve it. Another great coach, Pete Carroll for the Seattle Seahawks, um, People may agree or disagree, but he's a good coach in one way. He says, each person holds so much power within themselves that needs to be let out. Sometimes they just need a little nudge, a little direction, a little support, a little coaching, and the greatest things can happen. Another good coach who doesn't just care about on the field coaching, he cares about the person himself. But look at what it says here. Look at what it says. Just a little nudge, a little direction, a little support, a little coaching, great things can happen. Looking back at your life and my life, imagine if you just got a little coaching, a little guidance in some part of your life, how that would go a long way. How that would go a long way. How can I get a good coach like that? Isn't that the question you're asking? Is that even possible, Abuna, to get a coach like that? I don't think so. Okay, you, made, you made some kind of imaginary, fictional thing here about this kind of person. Well, I'm going to tell you how, a little bit by little bit, how this can work. Here's the problem. People don't understand that we need coaching. People who are qualified to be good coaches, by the way, they don't want to coach. They don't want to guide. So I'm going to tell you some ways. I'm going to tell you briefly, and I'm going to show it on the screen here. What I think we need to do is we need to invite people into our lives. And this is the hard part. We need to invite people into our lives. We need to, what does that mean? Maybe you get up, pick up a phone or you text message someone and you say, hey, can we do coffee together? Simple as that. Hey, can we do coffee together? You're asking someone who you think could be someone who can inspire you, take you to a higher level in your life in some area, you text them, or you see them at the church, or you see them at work, or you see them wherever, you say, hey, can we do coffee together? And then we start to open up the door of inviting people into your life. You're not going to be able to do it just on your own. You're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to ask for it. What I would say is be persistent, but not pushy, okay? Because no one likes to be, put, like, to be pushed around, but... Be persistent. And you'll probably say, no, 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 I can't text that person. He's super busy or she's super busy. Are you thinking about that, right? Oh, they're super busy. There's no way they have time for me. 
Don't think like that. Think that you're here, and this person, if I speak to them, could take me here. By the way, someone's going to be texting you, asking you for help and guidance. So the same way you're reaching out to someone to, to pull you higher, someone's going to reach out to you so you can pull them higher. That's the way it works. By the way, isn't that what discipleship is? Isn't that what Christ gave the apostles? Isn't that what the apostles gave to their disciples? And isn't that the church? Isn't that what the church is? People pulling you higher and you pulling people higher. That's it. So don't feel guilty about doing that, but be proactive and persistent to reach out to people around you. Now, here's another side note. You may reach out to someone and it didn't, wasn't, didn't, didn't work, right? It just, just didn't click. Don't give up. Ask somebody else. Do call for somebody else. But then it, uh, when it doesn't work, you, five, six times it didn't work. I'm telling you, if you find the right person in your life, they can take you higher. Okay? I'm going to give you more. I'm not going to leave you hanging. So I'm gonna, let me put on the on the screen right here. Here's how do I get a good coach. Okay? Here's some things that, that I try and, and I think you should try. I'm going to say them and I'll talk about Number one, pray for a coach. Like, I, I didn't think about that, right? What I mean is, you're at this level in life with parenting or, ma- or marriage or work or even if you're single, you're stuck somewhere here in some situation, whatever. And, you, and maybe your spiritual life, right? I didn't, I didn't stress enough, maybe you want to grow spiritually, you know? So pray for someone that can enter your life that you can go after, that God would put somebody in your mind and God would put someone in your heart to reach out to. It may not happen today, but pray for that. Now, put yourself in groups. What does that mean? I'm telling you, the church has so many good things. We have life groups. We have marriage groups that's going to be coming out soon. We have um, leisure groups. We have learning groups. We have groups, so many groups. You say, well, I don't want to. Put yourself out there. So you give yourself a chance to learn from people around you guys. What is coaching? The art of learning and listening from others around you. Even at work, put yourself in a situation where you can can learn and listen. Number three, this is the one that people don't want to do. Be persistent and intentional to meet with other leaders and elders. Be persistent and intentional. Make it a point in your week or make it a point this month. Who can I reach out to? Maybe if I give this person a call. Maybe this person can help me. Be persistent and intentional. Don't say, no, they're too busy. No, they would never. Don't say that because let me give you a point. That person that you're afraid to reach out to who might be a great leader, guess what they're doing? They're reaching out to somebody else. They're reaching out to somebody else. They're smart enough to put people around them to take them higher. We must do the same. Be intentional and persistent with leaders around us. Be willing. This number five is a hard one, and we've been talking about this already. Be willing to listen and learn. I want us to erase that we know everything. Be willing to listen and learn. And number six, be a good coach for others. I'm telling you, everything you're going to learn in life, it would be a shame if you didn't help somebody else in that same situation. Oh, you're good at this, you're good at this. Whatever you gained in life, bad experience or good experience, by the way, bad or good, you can help somebody else get through some situation. It's not just the priest's job to help people around us in church. It's all of our job as a body of Christ because we've experienced something, because we learned something, is to help somebody around do the same. So I'm almost done, guys. I just want to say to you, level up. Level up. Level up, y'all. 
just for the South. My wife is from the Southern. Level up, y'all. Can we say it together? Turn to someone and say, level up, y'all, like in an area. Level up, level up, y'all. Yeah, turn to a group of people. You got to level up, y'all. By the way, I just wanted to say y'all in the message. I couldn't find a place to put it, but I found a place. Level up, y'all. I remember, I'm almost done. I remember at work, when I was working for Accenture Consulting from 1998 to 2005, I remember my boss kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me and wanted me to get promoted. And I kept, I kept looking, I said, why do you want me to get promoted? And I'm like, and he, he wanted it more than me. But by the way, what I learned in those seven years was so great that it helped me become a great leader in Africa. I'm telling you right now, I wish I could find this guy and tell him, thank you for doing that. Thank you for pushing me here. Thank you for this. Thank, I, w- I would thank him. I still remember his name, and I always joke with Dahlia. I say this, he, you know, he did, we always say a joke, he used to call me on the way home from work to do more work. Did you ever have that before? <laughs> so that was just a side note, but I don't know why I told you that. But anyways, he, he pushed me to my limits as well, but I thank him for expanding me and growing me so much that a lot of what I learned helped me to be a great leader in Africa as well. And uh, I owe him a lot. I owe uh, Bishop Paul a lot. For, and it's, imagine, one is from the world and one is a godly man, and both of them had an impact on me. Um, so level up, y'all. Last quote um, from another coach, uh, Coach Parsegian from Notre Dame. Uh, two national championships, great coach. A good coach will make his players see what they can be rather than what they are. I love that. A good coach will make his players see what they can be rather than what they are. We should own that. We can make others, I'm turning it back on us now as coaches. We can make others around us greater than they think they can be. You have a responsibility in your home, guys. Don't miss that chance at home to make your children great. That's our responsibility. Same with your spouse. Your job is to make your spouse great, not just yourself. At work, you have people that you're working for you. Your job is to make them great, like my boss used to do. Inspire them and and help them see what they they can be. I know this is a silly example. I'm going to conclude with a silly example uh, about my daughter, Mary Grace. She was in the car the other day, and she was playing a game called Crossy Road. It's like Frogger, you know, when you cross the road. It's called Crossy Road. I had to ask her because for the sermon, I had to ask her, what, what's the name of that game, Mary Grace? She said, it's called Crossy Road, Dad. So anyways, we're in the car. She got 130 points on Crossy Road. And then Josiah said, I'm going to get higher than you, Mary Grace. And they're in the back of the car as they are always competitive. They're very competitive. Both of them are very competitive. And, and I, I'm also competitive. So it's three against one in the home with Dahlia. Sorry, Dahlia. But it's a very competitive environment. So, so Josiah got 230 well, Mary Grace got really upset, and she, she, she said something to me. She said, Dad, do you believe I can, can beat Josiah and get 300 points? I looked through the, the, the mirror, in the rear view mirror, and I said, you're going to get 300 points right now, and you're going to beat Josiah. I believe in you, Mary Grace. I really said, and then she fought and fought and fought and was determined, and then she screamed. I'm like, what happened? She said, Dad, I got 320 points, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and she said, you know what she turned to me and said? She said, thanks, Daddy. Uh, that was the best coaching moment I had this past week. <laughs> and if we believe in others around us, 
they can go up. Believe in your children, believe in your spouse, believe in people at work, in the church. You have, to, you have to be part of this church. You have to be activated. You have to get connected. You have to be in groups. You see if you can volunteer. Be connected because I'm telling you, some people in this church can take you to a higher level and some people, you can take them to a higher level. So that's what we want to do. Level up, y'all. And level up on being coached and level up on coaching others in your life. It will make a world of difference in this game of life. Glory be to God forever. Amen. name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, Lord. Truly, Lord, we saw how you coached and guided the disciples and they grew and they saved the world and how they transformed the whole world by what you taught them. Lord, we're here at church today wanting to, to level up and grow. Please send coaches and, and guides and, and leaders in our life to help us take another level, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for being too stubborn or too lazy or too idle or on cruise control. Help us to take another step in our life. Please forgive us, Lord, and guide us. And please help us take another stage in life so we can also be great coaches for our children, our spouses, our friends, those young people in the church who are through those doors, Lord. <clears throat> we know that you've guided us and have called us for that. At work, Lord, where we don't really want to care about work, we know that you want us to invest in the people around us. Help us, Lord, in all parts of our life to be coached and be great coaches. We love you, we honor you. Only you can make this happen for us, Lord. This will never happen unless you push us and, and, and inspire us to do that, Lord. We love you, we honor you. We ask all this in your name, especially Saint Mary and all the saints. Lord, hear us as we thankfully say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.